Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of House of House. I'm your co-host, Lenny Burnham. And I'm Andrew Taven. And uh, today's episode is Season 3, Episode 4, Lines in the Sand. Uh, This is the episode where an autistic child uh, is brought in because they're coughing and screaming a lot. um, But in a way that their parents say is different than usual. Um, And then... uh, there's a whole subplot about whether House is autistic because he really wants his carpet to be a certain way. And, um, oh, also we get the stunning conclusion of um, underage teen who wants to bang House. Uh, you know, Brian Singer, uh, only putting the best out there at this time. Um, and, uh, yeah, it turns out the kid uh, has a parasite he got from eating sand. And he was trying to to give them the clues. Mr. Policeman, I gave you the clues. I was drawing little squiggles on a whiteboard or on a chalkboard. Um, And House figures it out. Uh, We'll get into how a little later. And our guest is journalist Gita Jackson. Thank you for being here. No problem. I'm very excited to talk about this absurd episode of television I just watched. Yes. Is this your (laughs) first episode of House ever? Yeah, this is my, I think this is the first episode I've seen all the way through. I've, of course, like, lived in America my whole (laughs) life, so I've seen snippets of House here and there, and it was, like, alive when it was the hottest show on television. So I know the basic premise of House. Like, it's uh, Sherlock Medical Mysteries. Yes. And I'm, here's an embarrassing admission, my mother is obsessed obsessed with Jeeves and Wooster. So I knew about Hugh Lowry from the the Jeeves and Wooster adaptations on PBS (laughs) from before this, where he's just like a delightful uh, nonce. He's just like a nonce means something different in Britain, but (laughs) delightful idiot, you know, like he's just rich and stupid. So it's always very funny to see him in this curmudgeonly American (laughs) role. Uh, But uh, I, yeah, this is the first time I was not a medical procedural type person for... (laughs) I gasped out loud when I saw a gross interior body mm. stuff in this episode, <laughs> so that's why. Uh, he also uh, almost plays a nonce in this one, the actual uh, British yep. version. It's uh, yep, for sure. It's one of the. Um, I I remember we started this podcast thinking like, oh, there's going to be a lot of stuff that didn't age well because House makes a lot of like you know. Back in the 2000s, when we knew we were in a post-racial, post-sexist America, it was cool to make edgy, racist, and, like, you know, uh, sexist jokes. And I was like, oh, I bet those didn't age so well. I forgot how often he wants to bang teenagers. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that was, like, normal in America for a long time. Since, like, Britney Spears... uh being on the cover of Rolling Stone until uh, until all those child stars started talking about how disturbing it was that people made countdown websites Sorry. until they would turn 18. I think everyone was more on the it's okay to talk about having sex with teenagers train. There is something I find charming about House, the guy, where it's like, he seems like he is doing satire in his own life where he is just mm-hmm. like hitting on teens and then being like, what society says I should act this way. Yeah. <laughs> I like liked him as autistic earlier than the show started pointing that out because I was like, he's just doing bits. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I always found his rapport with Leighton Meester like slightly charming just cause he always like, 
is like, oh, she she responds to my bits well. She's yes anding me. Like I'm stuck. <laughs> yeah. God, I I as a huge gas, I'm so the procedural choice of my time, not even procedural, unless you count high school as having a procedure. Uh, my, my, my serial of choice at the time was Gossip Girl. So I did perk up immediately upon seeing Leighton Meester in this episode, but my immediate reaction also was like, why is Blair Waldorf trying to fuck this old man? Yeah, maybe this is part of some sort of Gossip Girl-esque plot that she's pulling You off. know, it would make more sense if she was trying to blackmail him, yeah. you know? <laughs> it's just the aggressiveness with which she propositions this, like it must be emphasized, old man that has a cane and is extremely always talking about how he's an old man. <laughs> it's not attractive. Well, we do find out she has a parasite, apparently. So I guess that's the, the conclusion. It is weird because at the end of the last episode, House gets a uh, inspiration. He always gets like inspiration. The end of the last episode, he gets inspiration because he sees her uh, thong and it's red. And he was like, oh, it's this disease that responds to red Congo dye. And like the camera is just like, hey, America, you're welcome. God, yeah. Leighton Meester deserves more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, it was generally, I really enjoyed it, though. I, I. It's interesting to think about how it feels like, even though this episode is truly ableist in so many different kinds of ways, a representation of like the interior minds of autistic people have seemed to gone backwards. Yeah. yeah. This episode aired. It's like we we now have uh, the famous good doctor memes of him it's going, I writer. am a surgeon. Yes, that's right. Well, okay. So now you see the double edged sword of whether Brian Singer is a part of it because. The good doctor oh, well, seems yeah. like a rougher show, and yet, as far as I know, no plot lines about house about uh, the good doctor wanting to uh, sexually assault a teenager. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I think it's a worthy trade-off to make clear. Although we do still have to, when we have a Patreon goal to watch his uh, documentary that proves that he didn't do anything uh, when that comes out. So. Oh my God! I know that's I. I wonder if you'll ever see that documentary. <laughs> I, I mean, he, I, he'll release it on like Rumble or something, like one of those, uh, oh <laughs> those like alternative uh, YouTube's. Um, the, uh, yeah, he'll just go off. He'll show it with like Roman Polanski or something. But um, anyway, uh, yeah, no, it is interesting. You're right to have like a portrayal because uh, the, the good doctor, as some people point out, at least from what I've seen, he seems to be like more of a bigot. And just the fact that he's autistic seems secondary because people keep yeah. finding clips where he'll just be like, you know, you're, you're Jewish. Your nose does not seem of appropriate size or whatever. <laughs> he'll just like, uh, yeah. Be... When he meets like a trans person somehow for the first time as a medical doctor, uh, and he's like, what are your genitals like? Yeah. What are they like? What do you do? It, it, as someone who is a uh, humble brag married to a doctor, let me just say, you don't get to that point without having this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> and like, especially like in modern medicine, like they have sessions where they tell you how to talk to a trans person. Like the idea that this is just something he's never heard of, like even if he's being a deliberate jerk about it, that I feel like they should be like, remember 
on your, you know, in medical school when you had that whole session about how to talk to people? And he was like, yes, but I'm a jerk. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he's just seems like he's just like, it's like not that he's autistic. It's that he's just uh, a bad person from what I've yeah. seen. Who shouldn't be uh, interfacing with other human beings. Like that seems to be the the real it's sort of like I've heard, um, so my partner's also on the spectrum, and I, for the first time, ever took the, the RADS test, which is one of the diagnostic tests to see if you have uh, autism spectrum disorder, and the minimum score for maybe you have autism is 70, and I got 118. Okay. So, like, fun new discoveries about myself yeah. when I'm 33. But uh, it's it seems like, from what I know of the overlap between ADHD and autism spectrum disorder, uh, the ways in which he reacts to in the good doctor, like stimuli that makes him feel overwhelmed. It's like he was hermetically sealed yeah. and never had to like interact with the world until he became a surgeon. Yeah, it's it <laughs> not. Really, it really seems more like a like Encino Man situation than yeah. Yeah. Like a star. He's dial. mad at the hand dryer, and he's like, "You would have seen those before yeah. if you'd ever gone to the bathroom." Yeah, he's just. That, yeah, he just does his shit. I had, um, like, I had someone once, as far as I know, I've never taken that test, but I, I, I had someone, so I'm a comedian, and I was doing a comedy festival, and I was talking to another comic, and she was like, uh, I was talking about how I was dating someone in this for a long time. We were dating even in college and going to different colleges, and I was like, people are like, oh, you missed out on, like, all this hooking up you could have done. And I was like, but I don't think I would have like been hooking up that much because, and she, I was about to say like, you know, because I wasn't a cool guy, whatever, or because I wasn't like that kind of person who'd go out and hook up with a bunch of people. And she just goes, uh, I'm like, because, and she just goes, cause you're autistic. And I was like, <laughs> what? And she's like, oh no, it's fine uh, for me to say it because I'm autistic. Like, I'm a one or a two, and you're like a three or a four. And I was like, <laughs> wait, I don't know if you could say it's fine for me to say it, but also you're more than me. Yeah. I, I've heard that story before, and I think about that person all the time. Just like the nerve of being like, oh, I can say it because I'm a little autistic. You're super autistic. <laughs> yeah. I, I I wonder if they'd mind if I meant – because they're a comic who's uh, – you know what? Uh, if they tell me to – they're – they probably want the publicity. I would want the publicity. So I'll say that their name is Ariel Norman. Um, and they might actually be go by they now. I know at the time they went by she. But okay. Anyway, uh, check out. You can probably find out. And apologies if I misgendered them um, in that story. But uh, go check them out. I've, I've told their the story about that a couple times. So you owe them. Uh, I don't know. Go watch a video or share a tweet of theirs or something. Um, but... Uh, yeah, this, so this one, um, so as far as I know, my, I then asked my therapist I was seeing at the time uh, if they thought I was, and they said uh, they did not think I was. Um, so it's it's between them and Ariel. So <laughs> who are you going to believe? Um, I will say people on the spectrum are definitely good at, like, the game recognized game hmm. scenario. You know, I'll just say that. It might be. It might be. Yeah. I'll, ta I'll take this. what I... I what I really it, it, I did really appreciate this. I mean, I feel like a lot of things in this episode that its portrayal of uh, an autist, a nonverbal autistic child, is 
really empathetic towards the child because you have to be in this like medical mysteries show right but i i'm very confused about the portrayal of the parents of this autistic child who like seem to really hate him i seem to despise him that's interesting i thought the opposite that i was like the team is projecting onto these parents for like no reason like i thought the cold open was bad like the yeah. Um, oh, yeah. The dad is clearly not behaving well in the cold open, which the team didn't see, though. And then, like, the rest yeah. of the episode, I kept being like, why did you come to that conclusion? Um, like, we'll get to it, but, like, there's a point where House communicates with the kid, and they're like, oh, great, that was amazing. And everyone is like, oh, they think he's going to be cured of autism, which I thought yeah. was like, a big leap. I was like, I get yeah, just excited leap. that someone was patient enough to reach out to their kid. <laughs> Maybe I am a little bit biased because the father in the, the cold open yeah, is yeah. so mad at his kid for no reason. I, <laughs> like, I do like... He's doing his best. Uh, I do like the line when the kid starts choking and the wife goes, oh no, he's choking. And the father just goes, that's impossible. It's mac and cheese. <laughs> it's so weird. And I think this has come up before where someone like chokes on pear and someone's like, he can't be choking on a pear. I like... I don't know if it goes up in pipe. I feel like you can choke on anything. You can choke on water. <laughs> I've done it. Yeah. You know, like I, I, it is. I do. I mean, the father to me felt pretty unsympathetic to his kid. Like it's, it's even in the beginning where they're like, you have to let him play this PSP video game. Like I don't know how he caught a copy of Stardew Valley. <laughs> somehow in like the early 2000s second because i actually i knew you'd be here i i uh did a little bit of games journalism of my own i did a little bit of research because i was curious um yes i was so glad we got you on one that heavily features video games yes i love video games and popular culture from the time before the time period where people realize that video games make millions and millions of dollars yes this is uh so this one this is uh i tracked it down using google and wikipedia uh by googling frogger game psp um and uh it is apparently frogger helmet chaos oh my god which uh is a psp game it's one of the it's like you know kind of like a sort of modern at the time take on frogger that like divides into different levels but you still kind of move frogger like i looked at a video you can use your tongue to like do simple block puzzles and swing on uh stuff and it's called helmet chaos because all of the forest friends have had mind control helmets put on them yeah and uh it includes i know what you're thinking wait a second but later we see house playing what looks like classic frogger on his psp and yes that was included as a bonus they had original classic frogger uh, as part of helmet chaos the villain dr wani an evil alligator man appears at one point on the game over screen when house is showing it to him and I, i it looked like in the beginning that the kid was playing it upside down and i thought well clearly this is a goof better take to imdb or fandom wiki but apparently and i don't know how this functioned and was not able to figure it out before time of recording uh the wikipedia says that the so it was on ds and psp it says the psp version had you turning the handheld 90 degrees at times but i don't know how or why 
Incredible. And according to archival uh, games journalism scores of the time when, you know, game reviews included in the obligatory score, it is a solid six out of 10 mm. game. Like that that pretty much is the average of all of the scores. Nintendo Power gave it a five out of 10. IGN gave it a 6.8 out of 10. I hate decimals and scores more than anything <laughs> in the world because they never make any sense. Yeah. Um, but it seems like uh, these innovations were not sufficient to make it a good interpretation of Frogger, which I think is one of the simpler games to port to different kinds yeah. of, you know, game playing devices. Man, PSP, there were a lot of good games on the PSP they could have chosen. It's, I wonder why it must've been a rights thing. It must've been easy to get the Probably. rights to show this game. And it had a game over screen which not all games at the time had. That's a good point. So you needed to, the script required you to have a game with a yes, game over screen. for the so. most ridiculous moment, I think, uh, <laughs> to some degree, uh, which we which we will get to. I wonder if this was showing how his parents don't fully understand his needs because instead of getting him, like, I don't know, Ratchet and Clank for the PSP or whatever, whatever the, the coolest kids uh yeah. were playing on PSP at the time they got him like the updated frogger which feels like such a parent <laughs> thing right yeah, i asked what the i asked the guy in the shop what all the kids want and he said updated frogger yeah frogger the one where all the animals have mind yeah, control frogger, helmets. helmet chaos i mean that's also <laughs> not a good name like i hear that and i'm no. like it sounds wait. like heathcliff helmet chaos oh that would be good <laughs> they should make oh they should have Done. Maybe it started as a Heathcliff game, and then uh, they found out they had to make it Frogger at last minute, and they were like, uh-oh. Because that sounds like... I don't hear that, and I'm not like, you know, whoa, this one's got Helmet Chaos in it? Like, <laughs> I gotta see this. It does, I mean, that, I feel like all of those new interpretations of, like, I don't know, there was probably, like, a Dig Dug 2000 or something... They all feel like stuff for parents to go in whose kids, uh, in this case, can't communicate which game they want. <laughs> and then they're like, um, oh, yeah, Frogger. I remember Frogger. Yeah, I'll get him a Frogger. Like, that's like, yeah, know. that's I mean, that's absolutely what it is. Like, I this was also of a period of time where the idea of uh, video games were conceptualized as being all for children or in this case, autistic people. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, there is also a pretty poor understanding in the popular culture of what the sort of things a video game could yeah. be. So it's either Frogger or it's like a military shooter like <laughs> Call of Duty. And there's absolutely no in-between where there's actually like a huge variety. Like he would be playing a rhythm game for <laughs> being yeah. completely real or like a pattern matching. Like if you want to get incredibly disgustingly stereotypical, <laughs> there's so many like rhythm games and pattern matching games on the PSP that he could have been playing that would have been more appropriate. Frogger, I have like not even seen a Frogger arcade machine, even in those stupid little barcades, mm. like for years, because it's not a good no, game. Yeah. <laughs> It's boring and it's bad to play. I could see he could have also maybe been playing like uh one of those uh Kingdom Hearts spin-offs with like all oh, numbers yes. and decimals and like Greek letters or whatever. <laughs> Dream Drop Drift yeah, yeah. or one of those. Like where it's got an algebraic formula as the Yeah, subtitle. exactly. <laughs> it's uh Kingdom Hearts uh A squared over B squared times C squared. <laughs> 
I would love <laughs> if it cuts back to uh to house and he's like playing on his PSP and it's just like he's like, oh no, Goofy learned Firaga, but I <laughs> haven't caught the most recent Heartless yet or whatever. They should just add House MD to the Kingdom Hearts universe. They should go to the oh, House yes. MD world. What was the now. Disney Fox merger even for, if not that? Exactly. Oh my god. That would be so good. Hugh Lowry would do it. Oh yeah. He would do it. Absolutely. You pray get Hugh Lowry. He's just like, like, mm. I don't know, Sora. You're the one who's met Mickey Mouse before. Gorsh. <laughs> <laughs> He's just just like one of those like planet sphere worlds or whatever. And it's just his Princeton yeah. Plainsboro Hospital. <laughs> <laughs> contentious medical meeting just saying gorsh <laughs> they're just like if we don't do something good. soon he'll die gorsh <laughs> <laughs> oh gee house what if it's <laughs> oh my god um the yeah we we have so uh the foreman being like they're trying to put uh, him in, like, restraints to do. And, like, the nurses, like, one of the nurses asks, like, why couldn't you just sedate him? And Foreman is like, because then the test wouldn't work or something. And it's like, she's your coworker. Just, <laughs> I feel like this is a, at least, I know, I guess it's a stressful time because uh, uh, they're trying to force this kid into a machine. Um, but uh, as tends to be the case, uh, they don't really get any good info from the early tests they do have cameron and chase go to their house to look around and cameron kind of against type is like why don't they just put him on like an ice flow or something <laughs> like she's like what is it like it's she's normally the one who's like very compassionate and wants to be with people who like need her help forever and like gets and like has had multiple instances where she like they imply she can't hold down a relationship if the person is capable of being on their own and she has like the needs people to be dependent on her. But then she sees like this stuff and she's just like, ah, they had this is she's just like totally like, well, uh, I would have left him at the fire station. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Chase is like, you know, well, it's they're doing their best. Crikey, that wasn't. Ugh, what was that accent? I don't know. It's fine. I try it. We accept I'm it. I'm doing my best. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then Layton Meester shows up because uh, we didn't get enough of her um, trying to seduce House. Uh, and so she's like, oh, let me show you my chest. And he's... He gets so turned on by some shoulders. Yeah. It's a really wild... Yeah, I always there are multiple scenes like this where like House has a visible reaction to seeing someone in like a bra, and I'm always like, doesn't this happen to you like 20 times a day? <laughs> You're a doctor. Yeah, like literally get some better facial control. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it not is like poor misses every time someone takes her shirt off. <laughs> in fairness, it is Leighton Meester, and I definitely would be overwhelmed to see any part of her. Yeah, a yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it would be a lot for me. Yeah, I the scene is fascinating. The way that they the tone of this whole subplot is interesting because it's clear that House is a hundred percent aware that 
everything about this is wrong. Yeah. And that his attraction to her is deeply obscene and that he shouldn't be encouraging it. But he just seems so drawn to doing like gags with her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh I love House because he like seems asexual, but just like in a really weird way. And this is like the perfect example where he literally says, we're not having sex, we're having fun, which I'm like, that is your ideal relationship. Yeah. He likes also that it bothers Cuddy that she's yeah. there. Yeah. That's definitely a big part of it. The I, I do think he shouldn't have said boy-o-yo-yo-yoing when she took off her shirt. I thought that was inappropriate <laughs> bedside manner um yeah how this is a show is about uh what if a really rude man was your doctor yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, buddy if... uh i don't think i need house to show me that oh <laughs> and now and a new all new episode of dr asshole we've got <laughs> um yeah the he so he's mentioned earlier i think that he uh was like oh he wants his old carpet back which cuddy claims is in the trash um it has, that one has blood on it from when he was shot yeah uh, oh that's what has blood oh on. yeah okay. sorry house was shot at the end of um last yeah. season uh we never act so it, it leads to a whole dream episode when he's like in a dream coma uh and we never actually find out what happened to the guy who shot him i don't think i think they say he got away <laughs> um right do they do, Lenny, do you I, remember i feel like that did happen because i remember us joking about his like perfect crime of going to a hospital in the day and shooting someone and just leaving <laughs> yeah <laughs> like they just didn't check the cameras for that yeah. one yeah. <laughs> They're like, we don't want to <laughs> uh it'd just be the team it'd be house's team like looking through the security footage and scrolling through like they also are the only people who work at the police station like it just turns out <laughs> like, the same way they're the only people who work in this hospital um television used to be so wild when you used to have to make 26 I episodes know. of it per season yeah they just threw things at the wall i think about this all the time when i watch old episodes of star trek where you get to a point in like the very late seasons of star trek where all of the situations with the configurations of characters that they know work well together have been tried. <laughs> so they have to try weird ones now. And like characters who have never spent any time alone together suddenly get trapped in a room and the writers are just trying to figure out if they have chemistry. It, it feels a little bit that I learning that he was shot <laughs> like very soon to this episode occurring feels like that where they're just like, how do we close out this episode? He's shot. Okay. <laughs> Who shot him? Don't care. <laughs> uh yeah they they're trying to imply also that house they start trying to imply that like house is autistic because like it's weird because wilson or someone has some line they're like oh he's really interested in this kid he's like trying to tell cuddy like you know here are the symptoms of autism and they're all like it's so it's annoying because i feel like the episode proves conclusively that house probably is on the spectrum <laughs> but not for any of the reasons that anyone says yeah yeah <laughs> Like, he does have a special interest, you guys. That special interest is pharmaceuticals. Yes. Like, <laughs> obviously. Like, pharmaceuticals and rare illnesses. Yeah. That's why he's here. And he, I mean, he, when he says all this stuff about not wanting to have to be nice to people, it's like, that obviously is a, a masking thing to me. Also, like, feels very clear. 
like uh, he's adopted a persona of a mean guy, yeah. so he doesn't have to put like perform social niceties that he doesn't necessarily understand. Yeah. But then when they talk about how uh, these are the symptoms of autism, isn't it crazy that he wants his rug back? It's like, no, in that instance, he's just being a jerk. Yeah. But every other thing that he does is a very autistic. Yeah. <laughs> the, him, uh, it is, because we find out later, because Cuddy tries to say, like, oh, the, he wants the rug that's uh, thrown out in the trash and back. We find out, like, at the end of the episode that the rug is, in fact, underneath the current rug, which actually made me think, yeah, wait, maybe it feels weird in there. Like, it might actually feel weird that there's, like, two rugs, and he's like, <laughs> oh, I don't like this. <laughs> and, like... Yeah. <laughs> that would feel weird on the knees, right? Yeah. Like, it would be an extra depression. I would feel freaked out by you'd, that. You'd, like, walk in, and you'd be like, oh. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I actually like, is... think he might have a point. <laughs> no, I think you're right, honestly. I think, uh... One, I understand wanting your old rug back, even if it has blood on it. Because, number one, like, things to me call... Things to me clean. It's wasteful. It's taxpayer dollars. Yeah. Come on. Um, and number two, like, if there's a two rugs, it does not... Like, you have to walk around and stand on that. Like, that's... That's not... It doesn't feel good. No, it... You're only supposed to have one rug. You'd feel off kilter. Like, I would totally see him, like, being, like, oh, no, this new rug is, like, weird. Like, was it just more expensive to have them also pull up the other rug? Were they, like, oh, it's $400. Yeah, it's $400 to install a new rug and another 200 to pull up the previous one. And she was, like, yeah... Just, just roll it on top. We're just gonna every year the room gets closer to the ceiling. Like the floor gets closer <laughs> to the ceiling. Does it just keep unloading like more rugs? Um, they do seem to like artificially create scenarios in which uh, Cuddy is the most unreasonable woman in the world. Also, and I feel like because of her character having to be that way installing a rug on top of another rug is just the kind of cost cutting or like laziness measure that she would make You're like it's the same shut yeah. up <laughs> especially because like she doesn't let him get away with that but she'll let him get away with like you know all right house well if you're beating this patient to death there better be a good reason yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is arbitrary yeah. right? the things that make her angry like i understand being like you can't have this 17 year old stalker keep coming to the hospital yeah. That's very reasonable. But when she's like, no, you can't have your rug back because it's underneath the rug in there already. I'm like, what's wrong with your mind? The they have also so Wilson like goes to talk to Cuddy and he's like got her in the corner of the office and he's like, You wanna make out or something in a way that like you want to really be there's a lot of instances and that's happens throughout the show, but there's like multiple instances of the that's your boss. Yeah. Like, we have talked do? about how this takes place in a universe where you are legally allowed to sexually harass your boss. That's just clearly what is happening in the universe yeah. of House. There's uh, there's yeah. Cameron uh, in an earlier episode. She leaves for a couple episodes and she agrees to come back, but only if House will go on a date with her. Yes. And I feel like they're like, well, there's nothing in the rule book that says you can't demand your boss go on a date with you. Oh, no, wait, here it is. Page one. Yeah. <laughs> I do love in this episode House uh, specifically telling Cameron that he finds his new younger stalker more charming than her. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, Cameron Cameron can be. Uh, yeah, the Latin Easter character chill as hell compared to Cameron. 
Yeah. To hang yeah. out with, not romantically. Just yeah. to... I mean, Leia Meester is a, yeah. an adult now. I mean, she was probably also an adult I'm, at the time. Yeah, yeah she looks like, like she was, like, fully 25 when she yeah. yeah. I remember uh, from reading about why Nate and Jenny's romance never went any farther on yeah. Gossip Girl, it was because uh, that actor plays Nate, who is also in The Boys, playing the Aquaman guy. Um, he T- Taylor Momsen was the only actual child on set, and he told staff that like he felt really weird making out with a literal child, and he didn't want to do it anymore. Huh. Which made me respect him so much. Yeah. The I feel like yeah, this was just like a time when wanting to have sex with teenagers was normal for some reason. So hearing that an adult was like, I don't makes me want yeah. to like them more. Yeah, because like that's the origin story of Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis, but it has a very different ending than yeah. the uh, <laughs> Chase Crawford yeah. and Monson stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that that we sort of like, um, just just sort of were like, oh, that's cute or whatever, and then like moved <laughs> on. Like, I remember there was a, I don't, so I don't want to assume how she feels about it, but I remember from a while back, Aubrey Plaza, like one of her first movies she was in was uh, called, I think called like the to-do list. And it was like an indie comedy. Remember like the heyday of indie comedies where like oh, yeah. blockbuster eh? Cause you'd like look through, you'd like maybe they'd be in theaters, like five theaters somewhere. And then you'd be like, oh, these are all stuff you could watch on a blockbuster weekend. Um, but there was one where the whole thing is that she like wants, she's like a high schooler who wants to do a certain like list of sexual things before going to college. Cause she was like the nerd or whatever. And I remember, like, she told a story on Conan, like, 2013 or whenever this came out, where she was like, oh, yeah, the director, um, who, not that this makes it better or worse, but whatever, from the context you mentioned, it was like, you know, a woman, she's like, yeah, she's like, there was a scene where I had to masturbate, and I figured the camera would be like, I don't know, would pan away or something, and she's just like, okay, masturbate or whatever, and she was like, oh, so awkward, all these, like, old crewmen and stuff, and I'm just like, Masturbating. And then, like, that was Sharon Conan's, like, laughing and being, you know, like, a little mildly, like, oh, everyone should see this or whatever. And then, like, it got shared around recently, and everyone, I don't know how she feels about it and how much the story's embellishing, but it was wild how much it changed. Everyone was just like, wow, that's terrible. Like, everyone's coming out there, like, oh no, she didn't know that this was going to be expected of her and she was pressured to doing this on set with everyone around her. And I was like, that is a there's a lot of stuff where we sort of just like like you look at so much in society where like for 15 years people were like making bill cosby jokes and then like at some point the flip switched around like the hamilton chair everyone was like wait a second that is bad <laughs> yeah it does remind me of uh in peacemaker where there's that really long scene of john cena saying over and over louis ck used to jerk off in front of people <laughs> I do remember that. That was... <laughs> it's a very good. It just does seem like we, especially when this episode aired, which is like around 2005, 2000, like between 2005 and 2007, there we were coming, we were still in belief that we were in the end of history somehow. Um, but that also included believing that uh, everything we'd done to handle sexism was all that we needed to do. Yeah. And it was totally normal and natural to talk about women as if they're mostly decorative uh this was like a i think around the same time Aubrey Plaza was in the to-do list like people were still talking about 
like serious news organizations were writing articles about whether or not women were funny. Oh <laughs> yeah. my god, that still sometimes will come up. Because... It's bizarre that that was a national conversation that was being had. That like Christopher and... Hitchens got in on. Like why? Uh... Why? What? purpose like why would you even care is the thing that's like hard for me to understand now as an adult despite being alive at the time oh my god it's like why why were we having like nationally syndicated talk shows have uh comics and feminist writers on at the same time to discuss whether or not it's funny to make jokes about women being raped yeah like what what were we what were we simply doing <laughs> why weren't all of us just being like Obviously not. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, well, it, I mean, it is wild that, like, as, as messed up as things are, it feels like there's obviously, like, such a reactionary backlash to so many things that, like, there was, like, a weird parabola of acceptance that now, like, most of society seems like they keep gradually getting a little better, but then, like, part of society has decided to just get so much worse so that, on average, it's tough to tell uh where it, yeah. where it's heading but like yeah i mean that was the time of like um you know uh i feel like people would be like oh yeah uh women comedians they just talk about like sex and their periods and whatever and you were like like as someone who was around stuff it's like there's so many do you know how many terrible male comedians i've seen at mics or around it's like yeah some comedians just are bad but there's like <laughs> it's it was just such this bizarre discourse uh that was also around the same time i feel like where people like uh in a good this was like i think a good development but there was like that weird time where sort of people were like had to be like oh no it's it's feminist feminist isn't like a dirty word right mm -hmm. where there was like that like yeah. mid 2000s where people would be like oh i like equal rights so i'm not a feminist or whatever but then we all learned that like people who were like explicitly like male feminists were all like kind of weird like uh yeah. what's his face from um no offense, what's your face, but uh, what's his face from um, oh, from Orange is the New Black? Oh, oh Matt, yeah. Matt McGorry. Oh, the guy that was yeah. uh, doing the the the, the, uh, the thirst picks with copies of the the new Jim Crow and all that. Yeah, where well, you're just <laughs> that like, mm, right. <laughs> mm. there's no sexual harassment in this elevator. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, yeah, just like the like. All right, calm down a little bit. Like, it's like, yeah. you should just, I don't know. At some point, someone going so far out of the way to be like, uh, guess what? I think women should be paid the same. And just be like, think, hold your applause. Yeah. Hold your applause. We got to a point in, in the culture where people were just like, I'm tired of talking about this. Please just be normal. Yeah. And I respect that cultural position very much so. I think it's, a, it's, it's almost uh, under underdeveloped the degree to which i think you could do very well at advancing you know a positive political angle if your first principle was be normal like to not like in a bad way just to the degree that like you see this with like you know now like all the backlash stuff where like in 2022 like the whole GOP ran with like, aren't you upset that like your school made your kid trans? And like 99% of people were like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> they're like, uh, it just feels like people who don't, it feels very specifically like, I don't know, 
people who uh don't ever talk to their kids and they're like you know i i saw there was some thread where someone's like i found a, a letter of my kid wrote saying that they're so happy to have finally come out as trans but they always seem miserable whenever i see them <laughs> like, why are you telling on yeah, yourself exactly. like, so long. uh yeah anyway he um yeah, so d definitely a, an odd time, and things have gotten better in most ways. And yeah, maybe there's, a I feel like there's so much stuff things. now, like when you see people be like, should a 60-year-old really be dating a 58-year-old? Where it's yeah. like, when I go back and remember what things were like when House was airing, I'm like, I understand the context for this a little bit more. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. You know, like, weirdly, I, I do understand where the people who are like, I don't understand why there are sex scenes in movies come from when I, you know, like, we have seen, we all of us, I'm assuming, have seen extremely long-running television shows where female characters get ruined because they get stuck in a romance yeah. with a guy who's super boring, and then the entire thing about that character ends up being revolving around this super boring romance and the character gets written off. I, like, get it, because I watched that happen, like... Buffy, every time they tried to pair Buffy with a non-spiker angel man, I was like, what? No one cares about Riley. Like, not a single person in the world has ever cared about Riley, even my friend Riley. Uh -huh. <laughs> my friend Riley, who was so angry after he chose the name Riley to know that people would forever, <laughs> like, associate him with Riley from Buffy. Um, I do get it, but... Also, we can't let the pendulum swing the, the entire other yeah, way because yeah. it's it's also weird. They should just uh, have uh, it should ju it should just be sex scenes, and then you don't that, and then they don't have a relationship. They just cut to like they should be the mm -hmm. opposite of what people want. You show them having sex, yeah. and then they start saying like, "So, did you want to meet for coffee?" And then it just fades out, and they're doing <laughs> the next thing. Yeah. That's the exact opposite of what the person goes. They like, go to the coffee place yeah. and then there's a fireplace definitely. in there and the camera just pans yeah. the fireplace. A lot of a lot of exactly. TV relationships, yeah. like Riley Buffy is definitely one, and like Olivia and Fitz uh would be improved if they were just all the sex scenes with no context whatsoever for the relationship. It's very true. That's one hundred percent true about Olivia and Fitz. Fitz is the stupidest man on the planet Earth. <laughs> I don't want to hear anything he has to say. Really? Just, just despite the again, like you said, some of it's understandable. But just despite the most annoying, which again, I should make clear, a lot of these people are probably teenagers. I think the thing yeah. that sort of uh, unlocked it for me was when someone was doing that whole like, you know, ah, oh, sex scenes in movies. Why does anyone want them? It's so awkward when you're watching a movie with your parents. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, okay. Oh, okay. Now I see. Yeah, that I makes get sense. it. Um, Sorry, no, you have to watch the X Files with your parents like the rest yeah. of us, okay? <laughs> I watched Borat with my mom, so calm down, everybody. Yeah. Oh my god, I watched Borat with my mom, and she would not stop talking about his penis. My mom, <laughs> afterwards, terrible. she was like, they could have at least picked attractive people if they were going to do that. <laughs> like, yeah, that's a good point. They were like, the, the executive just watching it, and they're like, you know what? Could this be, could it be too, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen? You look attractive a lot, not in this movie. So for this scene, get out of that Borat getup. Uh, sorry, I know that um, uh, I forget his name, but the guy, that guy who's uh, in Borat, and then also uh, in that Meet the Sparta movie, and like a couple yeah. other things. Um, you know what? Sub him out. He can be in the rest of the movie. Let's get a hot guy and let's just have them fuck. 
on screen. Yeah. Why are they in this big convention center with other people? Let's just have. Um, I think you're just pitching Bruno now. What if uh, instead of most important, right. it was just gay sex? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No. The uh, I do think it would be funny though, just to spite those people, if literally. Um, yeah, you saw the whole full sex scene, um, just completely the most graphic sex scene that's ever been on TV. And then one turns to the other and goes, so we should kind of talk about where we're at. And then just, yeah, like you said, pan away of the fireplace and just, yeah, yeah. no, that's all you get now. Um, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, so the the thing now where they have, where House, um, House, first off, we find out can, is like, an autistic whisperer that he just like knows in a way that he like shows him he like has to use like uh uh some kind of you know anesthetic or uh i keep saying seducing gas but that is not what i mean what do i mean <laughs> we were talking about sex i know tranquilize i guess tranquilizing gas is what i'm trying to say yeah. um and so he like shows him that he takes it first and he's like oh it's like monkeys monkeys and berries monkeys see the fight and i was like is that what it's like is i mean it's like it's wild to watch this scene because he's explaining something that's so obvious about nonverbal communication in the rudest and most offensive way possible yeah. which is like the easiest way to communicate nonverbally is for through mimicry yeah right it's yeah. to be like you me me you yeah. you know like it, it's you don't have to compare an autistic child to a monkey in order to make that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I do like that he's like stumbling over because he got like a, a small dose of, uh, yeah. of whatever. I, yeah, I do like that he does everything by being like, I want to take drugs. I'm just working backwards from there. And it yeah. Right. Like if Kendall Roy worked in yes! a hospital. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. So I need to take all these drugs. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm gonna meet up be... with that guy Stewie and we're gonna bang it out <laughs> in the bathroom. We're gonna just bang out a couple of ideas, be back, and you uh I'm gonna just kill all the opposition. It'll be yeah, fine. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right, all right. So that's yeah, tell Cuddy we're gonna do kind of a new era version of this. Disrupt, get in. Break things, mm-hmm. move fast. All right, I yeah. think we got this. Medicine, never seen about this. We're calling it a uh, uh, a new paradigm, <laughs> uh, a new cultural climate. Uh, you know, it, it, <laughs> I'll get my dad on board. Everything's yeah. uh, gonna be fine. Oh, Hospital safe. That's perfect. I, someone, uh, sorry, I've already never mind. I, I, sorry, I realized we previously had a thing where I uh, tried to dunk on a tweet that already uh, has been dunked on about. Um, <laughs> the point is just that Kendall Roy is such a perfect character for our age yes. yes and it's just like that guy has so much like the, the only you know, spoilers for the finale of succession but not significantly um you've seen the image where he's looking out into the river even if you don't mm-hmm. know what it is yeah. but it's uh the fact that he doesn't get to win is like the least realistic thing about succession it's the best (laughs) thing and i'm glad that's how it ends but like that guy i guess okay to be fair i guess the actual reality is maybe that guy doesn't get to win but as per the end of succession he'll have like an extra billion dollars that he'll go use to ruin something else 
which yeah. is you could just make a rap concept album about how he misses much he misses his dad yeah <laughs> oh yes oh my god uh yeah i think he about and willa should make a hip-hop musical together sorry yeah oh my god yes i need this more than anything <laughs> in the world where are you where are you what were you saying yeah uh i just i think about kendall roy more than probably is healthy i do think like there's like a a timeline of like television male anti-heroes and like on one part of the timeline is dr house md and there is an evolution that like the spectrum goes from like house tony soprano uh, Walter White, and now we're at Kendall Roy at the very end. And it's like, it's incredible how- It's like that bimbofication meme. Yes, that's exactly what it is. And that's what I was trying to explain. Or it's like, they start off being incredibly, aggressively, annoyingly masculine, and then they've become completely baby girlified. (laughs) I think it's also, as you go along, you get fewer and fewer people. Now you probably have some tech bros who are like, yeah, man, I, I- so be Kendall, uh, but they already are, and that's what the problem <laughs> is. Whereas, yeah. like Tony Soprano, like obviously, as people would discuss, like he's he does like some genuinely horrible things. Like, he's an interesting and relatable character. Um, he is, you know, murderously homophobic. Uh, as as is his, his that's just how his group hangs. But you know, uh, not good, um, problematic. Uh, canceled house definitely evokes a certain sort of like our atheist reddit cool logic mm-hmm. guy um mm-hmm. he's like who ben shapiro thinks he is um, <laughs> we were seeing Very by the way so. i because we were mentioning uh you know female comedian discourse and whatever i saw someone take some clip of ben shapiro where he is trying to explain like why like the the way played out like stereotypical observation about like oh it's easy for men to get laid but it's hard for no sorry it's easy for women to get laid but it's hard for men to get laid so that's why uh you know they it's blah 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 all that sort of you know slut shamey stuff and he's just like you know for example amy schumer who i'm not always a fan of but amy schumer had a bit and he just (laughs) quotes her he goes she says you know i'm uh she says i'm fat she says that she says that she's fat she says she can go to the bar and catch a dick anytime (laughs) <laughs> I was just like, oh my god. It's uh the attempts to and I can say this, uh but whenever you see like a religious person generally, it's fine to be religious, but like a religious Jew who's trying to be like, you know, look, I am logic and facts based. Also, it's ontologically evil to be gay, and uh God is real, and you can't argue with that. <laughs> it's just like okay. Like, oh come on. Like uh my Fun fact, my fiance went to the rival Orthodox Jewish high school in Los Angeles, the, 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 the of the one that Ben Shapiro. So wait, was he attended. at Eula or was Shapiro at Eula? Shapiro was at Eula, okay, I think. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. See, this was David went to one of the schools where they allowed uh, male and female students to uh, go to the be in the same classrooms. So I don't think Ben Shapiro's family would have been comfortable sending mm-hmm. him there. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's just to me as someone who's marrying someone who's a religious Jew and very left wing and who's, you know, like has like has strong opinions about all of this. It is so, so funny the way in which 
I can tell, obviously, the entirety of Ben Shapiro's political positions come from not being able to make it in Hollywood. Oh, 100%. <laughs> like, you are a religious Jew that wants to write screenplays, and I can tell that. And you are just not as funny or as smart as your showbiz parents told you you were. And that's every single thing that has been animating you for your entire adult life. Yeah. I went to so I went to one of those high schools that did separate boys and girls so that we'd try and see each other whenever we could uh sneaky sneaky um and uh yeah I knew a lot of I I it's just it's such a fundamental sort of person that I know and grew up around and still know lots of people it's funny we I didn't even know that that was the school Ben Shapiro went to but when I did uh Jewish Model UN run by Shiva University um we all hated eula because everyone eula would like field like in any competition like that every other like small jewish high school would have like i don't know three or four people and eula would send like 70 people or something oh my God, that's obnoxious <laughs> yeah. come on um, let's cheat it yeah goddamn uh, yeshiva university uh you model un electoral college effect or whatever they were doing there <laughs> um uh, david my my fiance did uh did boy state and also the model said it and all mm, that stuff so yeah. he's uh you should watch if you haven't seen boy state the apple tv documentary it's fascinating oh. but because it's just like about uh you, you just watch a whole bunch of white men play devil's advocate as but in terms of playing conservatives yeah and it's like oh this explains all of american government yeah <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, as someone, I, someone found, uh, my mom was like going through old stuff and she found an essay I wrote when I was in fifth grade that was like, why I am a Republican or whatever. And I was like, oh, oh no. no, oh no. It's like, yes. you almost want to like, part of me wants to be like, oh man, here's why that, all those arguments are wrong. And it's like, yeah, first off, I know I, I learned like the, like whatever it'd be like, yeah, I, I, I know. I'm the one who learned why they were wrong over the course <laughs> of my life and now believe this. Um, but also, like, just being like, yeah, I guess a 12-year-old or 11-year-old, whatever, would feel this way um, about stuff they have no idea about. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. The uh... Oh, so um, at this point we get in the episode, uh, House um is and this is the part that i think strains credulity for me a little bit uh he tries to show him that like you have to let us do this thing or you'll die and he shows you have to do it or game over which like <laughs> i'd be like oh so then i get to start the level again like i don't know that doesn't i don't i guess i i don't know maybe it makes sense it felt less intuitive than the the breathing thing it felt sort of yeah. like is this clearer is this any clearer <laughs> um he showed it to him because he said uh-oh or else dr wani the the villain who shows up in the game over screen is coming after you uh, <laughs> as we all know dr wani is of course uh the leader of trip which stands for tyrannical reptiles in power and a member of the oh, wani tribe his goal is to take over Firefly Swamp and make everyone his subordinates. Wow. I can't believe that Dr. Wani. That's 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 so cruel and unusual of him. I think when House took the I, gas, okay. he should have met Dr. Wani. <laughs> <laughs> so, like the, the game 
over thing. So it does the episode does such a good job for a while of being like, this child has stuff like is thinking and is it does understand his surroundings. Yeah. He just has a hard time communicating. Yeah. Like for every time they go into like this is the perspective of the child vision with the camera filter on, it does feel like the show is trying really hard to say the people, the adults around this child are just not respecting yeah. him and not listening to him. And House is the only person that is really trying to use nonverbal communication to empower this child to say what is wrong yeah. with him. Uh, and then they get to the video game thing, and it's just, it feels like somebody in the room that when they were writing this were like, um, autistic people like video yeah. games? <laughs> <laughs> Which honestly, autistic people like video games does feel like a more advanced, uh, a better understanding <laughs> than most shows from this time. Yeah. <laughs> and also Very, The Good Doctor. Like, yeah. I am a gamer. Uh, I am a gamer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the, I think that maybe there was just one person, one of the writers, uh, was secretly drawing rule 34, Dr. Wani, and they thought it'd be like a really fun joke to themselves. If they could get Dr. Wani on, <laughs> on screen. Um, they also, uh, because, oh, but I would also, so this is sort of a side note, but there, if there's a, a video, I tangentially would recommend that I thought was cool. I don't know if anyone knows Patricia tax on, but she makes uh, videos about stuff that I think are good. And there's one she made that uh, posits whether deliberately or not, and probably not that um, the, the, the don't hug me. I'm scared is about autism. And it's, she makes a very uh, compelling and interesting case to me, someone who is not, well, I, I don't know. Ask Ariel. <laughs> Um, but listeners uh, chime in. Yeah, let me know uh, what you think. Let's do a poll. Crowdsource the diagnosis. Come yeah, on, the Twitter account. Um, but who she is, and she uh, talks about, and it's like very interesting seeing it that way. Um, so the uh, yeah, the house at this point goes back. Cuddy's like, oh, house. I locked her in my office. Um. So you have to go tell her it's done, which is a very weird thing. Oh, she also tells House she's like, she's just like a nymphomaniac. She would, she showed up and showed me her breasts or whatever. And House is like, uh, no, she didn't. And she's like, yeah, she has a mole under her left nipple. And he's like, no, she doesn't. And she's like, you've seen her breasts? And it's like, <laughs> well, A, you know he examined her, but also like, you posited that she flashed you, presumably, was the implication. So it seems like you'd think that'd be a realistic thing for her to do. So was the implication supposed to be that Cuddy was like, yeah, and I hooked up with her. <laughs> uh, so there. But she he tells her, she tells him to go to the office, which seems risky to send House there alone with her. But I guess she knows he's just going to do bits. Um, and he and bits he does. He quotes movies that she. I guess the implication is supposed to be is too young to recognize that they're quotes. Uh, and then he's like, "You have milky tears and a parasite." Um, and the last time, uh, the last episode, he got an epiphany by looking at her ass, and now he's looking at her face, and he gets an epiphany. That's gross. Yeah. <laughs> That's. I like the implication that a teenager wouldn't be horny unless they had a parasite. Yeah, 
I feel like the the missing piece of this episode is the understanding that like teenage boys are not attractive. Whenever he's like, uh, just be with someone your own age, I'm like, well, let's not go that far. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but... Well, that's why I never get, and not to say like it would be fine, it would it wouldn't be fine regardless. But like whenever there are those stories of like teachers, like you know the oh the hot female teacher who hooked up with one of her students, I'm just like. As someone who was a teenage boy, teenage boys are so gross. Like they're fucking disgusting. I'm just like yeah. what the old like factory component. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the smell alone, let's just not go into it. I okay, so I went to high school at a place where you would assume there was a preponderance of of attractive teenage boys if you were a, a teenage girl. I went to an art an arts mm-hmm. high school where there was a performing arts and musical component there. And like the people in the jazz department, so like the cool kids who were like playing guitar and drums and shit, there was one like very, very beautiful teenage girl that before I knew I was bisexual, I was totally in love with. And she told me about going on a date with one of these guys and going to his house and him being, him like getting out of creative records and being like, uh, so we, do you, you want to listen to this or do you want to listen to this? Like, which one? And she's like, uh, Oh, oh, I don't know. Like, um, I'm not, I don't know if I want to listen to records. And it was like, she was like, no, I, I mean, like, which one do you want to listen to first? Oh. And she was like, I just want to make out with yeah, you. Yeah, wow. And you were like, I don't yeah. own any records. Yeah. I don't. There, like, I, there was a lot of trying to get laid and having to experience media in high school. And like, that never stops, but I was definitely yeah. at its worst in high school. Hey, yeah, they. I don't know if it's any better for the teenagers out there now, but if you are like a teenage boy that is a, trying to attract teenage girls, they don't want to watch that movie. He's got a YouTube video I have such a strong memory of like starting to kiss and then the guy being like, do you want to watch Max Headroom? Ah. <laughs> no! Come on! Dudes love media. You know what's something that was... Okay, I was early on in dating my fiancé and now... Uh, we went out somewhere and we saw another extremely beautiful black woman who immediately made a beeline for my now fiance. <laughs> and this is the line he she used on him, which as a person on the spectrum, he did not recognize immediately was flirting, but I knew immediately was flirting. This is the line. Hey, so have you seen Apocalypse Now? <laughs> <laughs> it worked. He had a lot of things to say about Apocalypse Now. <laughs> uh perfect it was really good um <laughs> sincerely game recognized game yeah. um but yeah so after the milky parasite tears uh is that the last we see of leighton meester yeah, sorry to her arc. yeah that's and it this is, this is not the first uh time that there's been a house episode about how if you're horny there's definitely something seriously wrong with you yeah there was an old lady who had syphilis i think and it was eating away at her brain and house is like uh we'll cure it and she was like i don't want you to cure it i like being a horny old lady and then uh house is like well you brain you can't recover from brain damage so you, we we're, it, we're gonna stop it from doing any more damage but you're permanently horny and she's like ha yes <laughs> i want that body sex comedy yeah. like come on permanently <laughs> horny hell yeah um lord i wish that's what for like a 
the 80 for Brady was actually about, you know? Yeah, does it, I assume it ends with them all getting fucked by Brady, right? Is that how 80 for it's Brady? It's gotta be. That's yeah. what I would, how I would end yeah. the movie if I were writing it. I, that's uh, the only explanation I can see as to why there's two of those movies. Yeah, that would be, ugh, that's, they, uh, they should have more movies where uh, a bunch of older late. I mean, they they perform well. They're doing book club too, right? They like they uh, finally. Huh? My note is: I think eventually one of these horny old lady movies should be a strap on porn. I think we're ready. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. They must have. I'm surprised that like never came up in Gracie and Frankie or anything. Like it feels like there would have been one where they would have been like. Uh, because it, it's, like, about them, like, you know, trying out, like, new, uh, the new, yeah, what, what are, what's sure. new in sex now? Yeah, I'm, I remember June Diane Raphael talking about how she does stuff to her husband's butt. Okay. But that might be the only character who does. You gotta get more creative than butt stuff. Butt stuff is passing yeah. now. Like, there's whole other modes well, of like, In fairness, passing. I think that is her line in it, that, like... He's like, <laughs> even doing stuff to his butt is like, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> God. Yeah. Uh, so the resolution of this episode of House that has nothing to do with butt stuff. Sadly. Uh, I don't want to get us too far up topic, but I am enjoying talking about why there aren't more movies about old people having sex. Yeah. There's, I mean, I think that's, a, I think, well, let's get back to that. Cause I think that is going to be the new horizon. I think after yeah, superhero will... movies are starting to dry up, that's what's next. Yeah, One of the sexiest yeah. movies I've ever seen. I'll see you in my dreams is all about Blythe Danner considering if she wants to fuck Martin Starr, but she doesn't. So it's a oh. real tease. And I'm just like oh, that exact movie, but she has sex with Martin Starr would be, I oh think God, make I a million be... dollars. So, the best part of Gossip Girl is that, okay, so everyone in Gossip Girl, including Blair Waldorf, is just like high strung and like wildly melodramatic and always freaking out, except for Nate Archibald, who is constantly just waylaid. All he ever wants to do is like play basketball, smoke weed, and fuck milk. Yes. And everyone in his life is trying to stop him from <laughs> doing that for some reason. And I just, we need a show where he's successful. Yeah. You know, it's just something's got to give. It's a good example of sexy old yeah. people. Fucking. Um, I do. I think, I hope, I know that, like, the Jennifer Lawrence sex comedy is, like, getting mediocre ratings. But I all I really need in the world is one of these sex comedies. Like, I just need them to come back yeah. so bad. I'm excited just, for, uh, I, I want to see Bottoms when it comes out. Um, oh, yeah. Which I, I will say, I was a little taken aback. Because I think that a lot of people thought it was going to be uh, a book smart, um, like super bad uh, tone riff when it seems to be uh, not another teen movie kind of tone riff where it's like much more off the wall than those. So I'm actually kind of more interested to see that, I think. Uh, and then... Um, yeah, the 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 uh, God, what's it called? No hard feelings, the Jennifer Lawrence one. Yeah, yeah. I so I don't even necessarily want to see it, but I am glad it exists. And yeah. I saw a couple, like multiple people now, who are just like, "Hmm, seems pretty messed up that they uh, <laughs> uh, think that this guy has to have sex to 
uh you know be valid or whatever and it's like do you think the movie ends with them having <laughs> sex and him going wow i'm valid now and no one learns a lesson like, and there's like yeah also, i can't believe we have to do 40 year old virgin discourse again we did it 15 oh years God. ago and it was like yeah the, the movie is about that shut up yeah it's also like do you understand how super bad is about date rape like the times yeah. have moved on yeah like we we actually have a more of evolved understanding of what of sex and sexuality now and i'm pretty sure these people weren't just like frozen in the year 2000 and just woke up the, <laughs> the one with um the super bad the the four-year-old virgin one to me is wild because i saw like some take was just like Wow, they really tried to convince us that this guy who had a decently paying job and like a nice commute uh, had issues in his life just because he'd never had sex. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, I, it's, like, it's very bizarre. weird where it feels like we blasted past like it's fine to, for some people not on the Internet, not in real life, but like where we blasted past like it's perfectly fine to be asexual or to wait to have sex or whatever to not want to to like uh, it's wrong to want that. And the yeah. fact that, like, like yeah, you like, could have made, yeah. It just yeah. feels like they didn't pay attention to the movie because it's, like, not subtle at all that, like, him actually yeah. having friends or, like, some other human beings in his life is the bigger yeah. deal than having sex. Like, he doesn't even, like, yeah. call his and, like, family at the beginning of that movie. He is completely Even isolated. for the characters that are sexually active in this movie, they, like, learn more about yeah. their own relationships to sex by meeting someone who hasn't had sex before. It is like a, an extremely unsubtle mo It started off that whole wave of everyone pretending that Judd Apatow is doing something like radical and understanding male sexuality and homosocial bonding when he was really just like a guy that has a wife that's nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, he does seem nice. I, uh, uh, I, I, meanwhile, I just want to take this moment to announce my uh, follow-up movie, uh, the 40-year-old guy who fucks a whole bunch, but he has an hour and a half commute and he works on a 1099 and he doesn't have any other hobbies. Um, so it's all about a guy who is totally fucking as much as he wants, but he has to get those other parts of his life in order. So you just see him fucking. He's just like, wow, this is cool, but I sure do wish I, you know, had a consistent 401k. What does that feel like? A bag of sand? Or whatever. <laughs> Um, yeah, so the, it was unclear when house the, does, they do go the whole thing with the kid and with, um, Leighton Meester, who it, they seem to imply that house was maybe going to fuck her when she was of age, or is it just like another bit he's doing when he's like, I damn, think he's just damn. committed to the bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if that'll hold up in court, your honor. I it was a bit. That he was gonna fuck her. He's upset that like the person who is on his level with doing bits has a serious condition. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, it means it means you have a parasite in your brain if you act like me. Yeah. I was like, oh, you'll only like me because there's something wrong with your brain. Fuck. Um. Yeah. So that yeah, they find out the thing with the kid because uh, House tried to show him like, did you eat this? Did you eat this? um and the kid was like no sandbox and for, yeah, for some it reason wasn't to me, like i didn't process until he said he tried to tell us earlier that they had originally ignored that the kid told him he yeah the sandbox so weird uh it's again there's just no respect for this child like 
this child is getting a front row seat to how all autistic adults are also treated. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's so weird because like, they understand that he might have been eating, like, random plants that he wasn't supposed to eat, but don't understand that you can also eat from the sandbox. It was really weird. And that would be the first thing I would check. Yeah. Like, non-autistic children eat sand. Yeah. There's a very cop-out line where they say that Cameron checked yeah. it, but, like, didn't check all of it. But it's like, after he tells you he yeah, ate yeah, it, yeah. you should have gone back. You should have drained that entire sandbox. Yeah. Like, come on. They, I, yeah, so and it, it is annoying that, like, earlier they dismiss it so quickly and then later are like, oh, yeah, we just tested a tiny bit of it and ruled it out forever. <laughs> we looked at it. It looked fine. Yeah, I balled it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, it is cool. Oh, I forgot. We also had a real creepy eye thing where his eye rolled up and oh yes. my God, yes. that was the Which also I felt that. like was a little unfair that like we see his perspective the whole time and then only at the end they're like, This is what it really was. Well, I think that the I like I do like that it turns out that he was Yeah, I okay. So yes, theoretically when they're like, This yeah. is what it's like to see through yeah, his like, eyes. From a film standpoint, it was sure yeah. you should be seeing the worms. <laughs> They made an effort to like put a weird filter on his vision. Right, it was anyway. supposed to be like what he is seeing. Yeah. 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 So like you could have made it look wavy at least, you know, yeah. like give us a little bit of a clue as the audience because as soon as they did a close up on the eye and there's like little guys swimming in there, it it feels so like it feels very weird that if he is seeing them and we're seeing all this wave imagery because he has that toy that makes waves and he keeps drawing a wavy line like why why didn't we get to see that more directly from his point of view because like the only really like considerate thing this episode does in terms of its portrayal of an autistic child is literally put you in his brain looking out from his eyeballs and makes you consider what it would be like to have feelings be in pain have a problem and not really even be able to communicate that to the people who are supposed to love you the most your parents um but in that case we need to have all the information that that he has that image when you see the little guys as you said is definitely one of the house things that haunts me the most (laughs) there's like i don't want to see that it's like it's like the x-files when they're trapped in the mushroom that's eating them i don't want to see that i don't want to think about that (laughs) i don't need that anymore oh my god there's like five house things that haunt me and at least three of them are eyeball related uh Wilson also, so he implies that how he's like, oh, how seems like he has Asperger's, which is weird because he says a mild and rare form of autism, which I was like, I don't think it's that rare. And as they point out on the wiki, uh, the it says rates of Asperger syndrome are estimated by autism.org.uk to be greater than one in 100 people. Um, yeah, they like a lot yeah. of people have autistic traits. So now we understand autism is a spectrum. So there's like, you can have, there's like 12 different traits that are identified as being autistic traits and you can have two or three of them and not be considered autistic. But in most autistic people have like a majority of those traits. And it seems clear to me that in our current modern understanding of autism, house is somewhere on that spectrum. Yeah, for sure. And he might have a low enough percentage of those traits to be considered what used to be called, um, having Asperger's syndrome and it's now Asperger's is not a diagnosis that anyone gets anymore. Um, but even then autism was under uh, like Asperger's syndrome was understood as being a extremely like much more common than the nonverbal, very extreme versions yeah. of 
autism spectrum disorder that this young child displays. Uh, so it's just like weird that they say yeah. it's like rare when it's like obvious that most people that have the drive to become like uh, doctors that treat extremely rare medical conditions probably have some autistic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, House is one of those shows where it is like in general a very autistic show. Yeah. Uh, it's about a guy who doesn't care about social niceties, but understands extremely rare specific yeah. things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't think they ever come back to that again. The idea that House is uh, autistic. It makes me so yeah. mad. I'm yeah. sorry. And it's super weird because they, they keep being like, you you wish you were autistic because it'd be a free pass to break all the rules. And it's like, no one gives autistic people a pass. Yeah, that's, that's such a problem. weird... <laughs> That's such a weird thing to say. That doesn't at all. Yeah. Well, that's that very true now. Like, yeah, tell yeah. that to tell that to Dr. Kim or Dr. Han. Yeah, Daniel, yeah exactly. Tell that to Daniel D. Kim's character, Dr. Han. Um, the uh, I so I like going through the wiki also to find out uh the explanation behind the title because um the. Uh, they often have the correct explanation and then a bunch of stupid ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, so according to the wiki editors, which who, by the way, uh, say that when House, they do note that when House is playing PSP while laying in Adam's hospital bed, he appears to be playing Frogger Helmet Chaos. However, I uh, uh, want to object on that wording a little. In fact, he appears to be playing classic Frogger because unlike the other two instances where we see, he is in fact playing the classic Frogger uh, mode that is a part of Frogger Helmet's Chaos, uh, as we learned from my research. Um, But uh, it says the title, Lines in the Sand, is a common idiom representing a point past which a person will not cross or after which advance would not be acceptable. It's several expressions in this episode. House refuses to let his old carpet be removed, and Cuddy refuses to return it. Uh, sure. Uh, the patient keeps drawing lines to indicate his condition. Mm. <laughs> the patient contracts his disease in his sandbox. I guess I guess that maybe there that was going for. Yeah, I mean, I think lines in the sand is because of the lines and the sand, but they phrased it in, like, a weird way. <laughs> yeah. House is seen in Wilson's office drawing lines in Wilson's miniature Zen garden. I, I, I get maybe one. They, they decided thing... to put more literal lines in the sand in it. Yeah. Uh, it feels like someone like giving the last pass to this draft before it goes to like becomes a shooting script yeah, though. And it's like, oh shit, there's not enough lines. Yeah, we, need to, <laughs> we need more lines and more sand. Pack in more lines and sand. House declining to sleep with Allie. Uh, which is, I guess, him drawing a line in the sand. Well, but she that does doesn't... have a line of dialogue where she literally is like, "What? It, what is being 18? It's just a line that we draw. Which they say this. It says, Allie points out the age of consent in New Jersey is arbitrary compared to those in other places, such as Iceland. Uh, an error the episode makes is the New Jersey age of consent is actually 16. Either yeah, the writers didn't Every want time to... this comes up on TV, I'm like, I bet you're wrong. I bet he could marry her. And yeah. <laughs> um god i mean i don't know why she is talking about iceland either like she could just talk about the uk yeah <laughs> you know so like, there's like it, a it, thousand people in iceland they have to, you know? they need to like they need it to be 14 because they're like otherwise there's like 
only the genetic five diversity yeah, <laughs> really struggling over here um i like this there is after so that's in parentheses and then there are brackets so yeah so the episode is actually 16 either the writers didn't want complaints for viewers over making it realistic says the person who knew this fact uh offhand uh or it was a purposeful mistake showing her possibly compromised mental faculties it wasn't i love that idea <laughs> That they, That's so hopeful. Yeah, one of the symptoms of her having a parasite is that she normally would know exactly what the age of consent is in her state, but it specifically affected the part of her brain that makes her horny and the other part that remembers state by state. Uh, I hope uh... ages of consent. That's called the lobe of libertaria, which is. <laughs> <laughs> I hope at some point in the next couple months, some like sleazy guy tries to hit on her and is like, "Oh, you know, uh, the age of consent is sixteen in the state." And she's like, "Oh, I gotta call, I gotta call Doctor House." Runs out. Yeah. Whoa! <laughs> she does her feet do like the bongo run, like the yeah. and she zooms away. Um, Cuddy bars Allie from hospital premises, and Cuddy threads it's a fire house, but when she does not, he reminds her that threats aren't followed up indicate weakness. Um. Yeah. All right. So that's why the, where the name comes from. Oh, and you know what we didn't touch on? Oh no, because it's next episode. Never mind. Sorry, we watched two episodes. <laughs> yeah, we're doing we a doubleheader today. This Sorry, is yeah. our Bobby Barbie Oppenheimer. Yeah. This. Is, oh, so which one's this? I think this is the Barbie, just because of Gita's headphones. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. And also, they also, I, they have cat ears. You can add them. Oh. So, and that's yeah. why after, uh, after the next one. Um, we're all going to be leaving dismayed and distraught from the theater. For t- I don't like, I don't know. I saw um, in interview, I saw no, I read an interview Nolan did. And one of the things he said in it was like, oh, I don't think this, he, he said something like, oh, this movie doesn't come away with like a uh, emotionally satisfying conclusion because, you know, there's hope, but there's also uh, distraught over what's been unleashed. Sure. But then he says, like, unlike Inception, where there's a satisfying conclusion because we know emotionally whether he says, you know, yes, the reality of it is ambiguous, but he has an emotional uh, whatever with his kids. And then I saw that being covered is Christopher Nolan finally ends explains the end of Inception. And I was like, (laughs) he doesn't. The, I one of I remember I used to read like cracked a whole bunch. I don't even know if it still exists. And one of my favorite things that they pointed out once was like, I don't know, movies where everyone gets the ending wrong. And they talked about how apparently when Inception came out, they there were like people who like calculated the spin on the top to determine if it would have mm-hmm. fallen. And they like interviewed the this. prop person to like decide. Mm-hmm. And they interviewed like the clothing person about whether the kids' clothes were like real clothes or weren't. And then the person who was writing the article was just like, they didn't run out of film. we're like oh man pack it up this is why i should have shot on digital now we can never see yeah it's so clear in that movie is that by the end of the film he no longer cares whether or not reality is reality it's so obvious and that movie i turned me into the joker unfortunately (laughs) i was the inspiration for Heath letters performance after watching inception uh just i would I was just like a normal child. Well, not normal because I <laughs> I was not a normal child, but I was like just like a person in my family, you know, having seen the blockbuster film Inceptions multiple times in theaters. And my family got 
angry with me for saying, I don't think it matters when they asked me whether or not the top stopped spinning at the end. They yelled at me. And I was like, this is just a valid interpretation of the events on screen. Why are you so mad? I mean, the thing is, I do remember thinking afterwards, like briefly, like, huh, when he's in a dream, the top spins forever and we never see it wobble. And right now it's wobbling. So by the language we've sort of established, that doesn't seem that way. But even though that felt like a little whatever to me, I was like, but I know why they cut before the top stops spinning. Like, I'm like, I know what the yeah. point of this was. Yeah. Obviously, the point is for it to be ambiguous. Like, it's wild that people talk about Inception. Like, it's like, Inception is not like a movie that inspires like, thought or like ethical let's be very real about christopher nolan a man who i've given a lot more thought than i think he deserves as a filmmaker he's not a very smart man sure well let's let's see this is coming out let's uh we none of us have seen oppenheimer yet no but i've seen tenet multiple times and he's not a smart guy he's the thinking man's michael bay that's a great way to put it i mean i i like a lot of uh a lot of nolan films i think that oh i think they're good yeah no but you're right well you're right that it is like people think that but they're like just honestly you already said i don't know why i'm trying to thinking man's michael bay is a perfect way to put it because it's like inception is a movie you have to pay attention to but there's not a single other than the literal very end which is deliberately ambiguous there is nothing ambiguous in it it is always explained in excruciating detail like way too yes, much detail. what is happening i mean tenet okay i liked tenet until the last third where it becomes like a call yeah. of duty for some reason where i'm like yes yeah i do like the building exploding and unexploding sure. at the same time i think it was worth it to get to that particular shot but by the end of that movie i'm like i have seen all of the cool things that i would like to see yeah <laughs> you I, know it's, it's, uh, i liked like oh time travel and really time travel whatever time travel james yeah. bond like that was a cool blend of stuff yeah the same it's the only time that john michael uh or what's his name john uh, david washington you know, john david washington i knew that he was multiple first yes. names in the name of a president yes. <laughs> what i knew it was he's the only time i found him compelling on screen yeah. because he has nothing inside so he doesn't have to pretend to act he can just sort of go up there and punch things he's literally called the protagonist which i do find a little like okay but the the thing about tenet also and this is funny because i contrast this with quantum mania which i saw recently and which i think is uh uh, um also like uh credits credit spoilers for quantum mania man i thought it was rough when they were like they were uh, we're like, oh, are we gonna have to recast Jonathan Majors? They cast him like two hundred times in the credits. Yeah, course. I love that they gave him a fucking escape hatch. Yeah, I know. <laughs> to be like, oh no, the time stream has shifted my face. I mean, uh, we'll see what happens. I think they're trying to round it out, but I don't know what they're gonna do. I mean, after that Rolling Stone article, it seems like the Marvel would have said something if they wanted to stick with this guy. Well, would have been. Like, oh, I was you know, gonna say they would have. I, I was going to say, well, I mean, who knows? Who knows what they're, I, I, it, it feels like they clear, I mean, what they should do is clear, but I feel like, I don't know. I don't know if they saw, like, they learned, like, two lessons from Ezra Miller where they were like, oh, look, they just got to 
they just got to do it. But then they were like, hmm, but. Mm. Uh, but then nobody saw that movie. Yeah, <laughs> but it's also like as much i'm sure that's one of the reasons why no one saw it like i'm sure there are a decent number of people who would have seen it but also i i think like like, there was like no let's like be for fucking real there in terms of mainstream comic book heroes nobody gives a shit about the flash there's yeah i i read dc comics and i give a shit about the flash but i don't give a shit about barry allen that's never been (laughs) it it feels like it's like in they did that scene in x-men days of future past or whatever where I think they were the first ones to do the, um, you know, the freeze time scene. And then I think everyone was like, yeah. cool, that's a cool thing to see once. And they were like, we don't need like a whole thing of that. I mean, the thing with, um, oh, let's say so in Quantum Mania, there's a whole thing. Like, I, I legit, like, this shouldn't bother me as much as it did. It is a little bit like Cinema Sins Ding or whatever. But I, I, I was bothered. By the fact that they shrink down like to the size of like atoms, and then I'm like, so then what are they? What are they <laughs> breathing? Mo- oxygen molecules are so many more times, and then they're like, oh, uh, Ant Man and his daughter just got big. No, they didn't. They got like the third smallest they've ever been. Like, it's it just feels like it takes place in space because they just make an mm-hmm. alien world. It just feels like worse Guardians, and. There are just people down there. And I'm like, that's not interesting that there just happened to be, like, they're like, oh, what's the quantum realm like? You know, it's like space, like alien space. And you're like, okay. Yeah, and, like, the thing I love about comics, I hate to derail this conversation. I love comic books so much. But, like, comic books are patently made by a series of mentally ill people. You know? Like, that's just real. And, like, mentally ill people who think way too much about very specific things. And the movies just don't have the juice. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, you're, you're, like, the reason why the question is a very good comic book character is because that man was an absurd libertarian. Yeah. And they just don't have that, like, cult of personality. The only reason why I'm interested at all in James Gunn's, like, uh, future DC extended universe is because. One, he seems like he is, like, dangerously obsessed with the same comics that I am. <laughs> and two, he's, like, a trauma film yeah. guy. He's super weird. I mean, I think like, Guardians was my favorite. Yeah. The most recent Guardians, it might be recency bias, I think was my favorite Marvel movie. I really liked it. The first Guardians is one of the only ones that I ever want to rewatch. Yeah. Like, it, it to me, that says a lot. And I just thought Peacemaker was really Peacemaker good to tell. Like, Peacemaker was it's a great TV show. It was so good. I like that he had that... Um, Chakwudi, Chakwudu, Iwuji, Chakwudi, mm-hmm. I, I might be mispronouncing his name, but he's in both. He's the uh, in Guardians and Peacemaker, and he's great. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm sure he'll get to do something in the new. Oh no, I guess he's already technically some. Eh, whatever. It doesn't matter. No. Well, the pitch perfect casting of Clark and Lois is yeah. giving me a lot of hope. I'm a Lois Lane aficionado, and Lois Lane needs to look like she chain smokes and will tell you to fuck off. It is, that's, it is funny that's that what he's got. doing everything possible. Like, he's going to try and do everything he can that doesn't involve any writing right now while the strike's happening. So I feel like you're yeah. just going to get keep more updates. They're just like, and uh, here's Superman's boots. <laughs> like, whatever you yeah. can do. And, uh, you know, uh, this is what Batman's uh, tax forms might look like. <laughs> they could, like, tease people with because they can't do any writing yet. Um, yeah, God. I, the one thing I'll also say that we should wrap up, but about uh, Tenet, which is the opposite issue, because Ant-Man, I was like, what are they breathing? What is Molly? They, they, 
what this doesn't make any sense which i know again but i'm not the one who told you to go with the quantum realm so <laughs> whatever whereas in tenet i actually wanted even less explanation because for me yes. when he starts going backwards and he goes quick use this it's so you can breathe backwards air and i'm like okay no if the air's backwards the blood's backwards and your heart explodes like none of it now i'm like i'm like i need i liked tenet but also like some of the specifics where they're like and fire is cold and i'm like oh does a, does a car drive on the parkway and park in the driveway in this backwards world like that i got a little like whatever overall though the first two-thirds of tenet i think is uh, is a good time um and then yeah and then you can just make a sandwich yeah then you can just you make know? a sandwich you're just like it's just like it's a very weird choice to have it end in what feels like like an E3 demo for some kind of like uh, time warped squad shooter 4v4 game. Yeah. Um, where you're suddenly like, you're like, wait, so it went from like time backwards people. It's like there's like five people who know of this who aren't in the future to being like and here's time squad and i'm like oh okay i don't know it just felt very it feels like maybe that could be the sequel like tenant and then like tenants yeah but like it did feel a little bit uh a, a prequel fic yeah <laughs> I, he maybe he crosses over with oppenheimer at the end of oppenheimer in the credits oh my God. he shows up and he's like who are you and he goes well, I'm the protagonist. Who are you? And he's like, well, I am become death destroyer of worlds. And he's like, that's what I was hoping for. <laughs> just let Robert Pattinson show up in that movie. Not yeah. even playing a character, just as himself. He's <laughs> the one. He's like his Avengers uh, initiative guy who's uniting like Batman. He gets the rights for Batman outside. That's the only way they could get him to make another Nolan Batman is he gets to take Batman into his other movies. Oh, God. Yeah. That would be so good. Uh, I like Robert Pattinson as Batman, but I also exclusively interpret Batman as like an emotionally stunted child with PTSD, sure, yeah. which Robert Pattinson's got that in space. So I I didn't even see. I I heard that the did you hear that they changed? Okay, wait. I'm trying to actually see if this is true because this absolutely seems like the kind of uh like Twitter headline I'd see, and. Uh, okay, wait a second. New Joker movie title. Um, no, okay. This is a bit someone did. Good. Okay. Because um, like, it, it's still called Joker 2 Foil la Du. Because I saw what I realized now was like a stupid Twitter bit. But you can never tell because like everyone's got check marks or whatever. That oh, was yeah. like, uh, which in retrospect, I feel pretty stupid for uh believing where they said that todd howard changed the name uh to or todd phillips changed the name to uh joker i hardly know her and i was like <laughs> i could that would i would respect really that i could believe it <laughs> um anyway uh we should probably do uh do reviews and sure wrap up because uh, lane and i got record we're recording uh two today so um oh wow double feature yeah this might be one of the only times that i don't repeat at least one story or bit from episode to episode because hopefully <laughs> i will have remembered that i already said that. 
Um, or I'll do it, but I'll do the thing I do where I say, no, I remember I probably said this on the podcast before, but, <laughs> um, so we give, we review on a scale of one to five Vicodin. Oh, I yes. see. Um, like how much Vicodin I needed to get through that? Yeah. <laughs> no. no, so it's actually more Vicodin is better. In this yeah. Okay. Okay. So how high I felt while watching. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you got it. You got it. How much the episode eased your pain? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I really love procedural television. I love television like this, and I uh, I started watching Nine One One recently Hell, because yes. I miss it so much. What an absurd show! I love that show. <laughs> it's very stupid, um, and I I feel like it. I want. I'll give it four. Uh, and I'm only taking a Viking off for uh, being ableist, really. Uh, because I feel like it does everything I want an hour of television to do. Even if, like, baseline, there are so many, like, there's so many things I don't like about House as a character and don't understand about this hospital in general. But it's, I understand why people watch this show, like, like why it has, like, eight seasons and why people were totally nuts over it. A compelling cast of characters, incredibly satisfying mystery. And I do appreciate, even though they screw it up a bunch of times, uh, they do make an effort to portray this autistic child as a human being. Yes, I do. At the end, how he gives houses PSP. Oh, yeah. It's so sweet. And like, I love the extended scene of them making eye contact yeah. after the episode makes such an effort to say he doesn't make eye contact with people. Yeah. Because like, it is true, like when you are a person who's easily overstimulated, it's hard to hold eye contact, and it does mean a lot when you make that effort to do so. Yeah. Like, again, tying back into the theme over through the, the episode that he is trying to communicate. It's just House is the only person that recognizes the way in which he is communicating. And I thought that was like a good way to wrap it yeah, up. Yeah, I feel like they sh he should have had... Um, uh, they... I, I Like, it feels like they should have kept in touch with House, or at least, like... I was just say hired someone who knows what they're doing to try and work with their kids yeah, they have all this money. But I do wonder, <laughs> like, at the time, I'm sure you probably had a bunch of, like... I, it's... I'm sure it. the further back you go, the worse the professional people who were working with autistic kids were. Like, you know. Oh, God, yeah. Like I mean, when, even like when I'm job searching, whenever I see something about autism, I'm like, I'm not applying because that could so easily be evil. <laughs> like, yeah. That, I mean, that's the <laughs> yeah. thing where you find out that you're like, you know, someone will be like, oh, have you heard of this common autistic or charity for autistic people? And you're like, yeah. It's like, well, it turns out all that money was funneled to a uh, experimental treatment to beat the autism yeah. out of him uh, or something. And you're like, ah, yeah. oh no. Um, That's so real. Uh, yeah. The, the, um... Oh, Lenny, we never did the shipping report. Did you want to do a quick oh, one? Oh, yeah, we actually yeah. got to, I think we actually got to a lot of my notes. They were basically all about Leighton Meester. Uh, okay. Let's see. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just that, like, every time he reacts to her it's like ah she's yes anding me now i'm stuck and ah. just like the fact that house literally says i'm having fun i'm not having sex which is, is all he wants in a relationship yeah it's also i, I think I it's think also so okay to acknowledge that especially if you're not going to pursue a relationship like that it's nice having um someone uh crush on you like, I had, yeah. like, uh, when I was a camp counselor, there was this little girl 
who I had want to make clear no bad yeah. interactions with or whatever, but who <laughs> like would tell was like very like you know she was like eight like it was clearly like a very like i don't know eight-year-old idea of romance but she like told me i was handsome and told her mom that she wanted to like marry me or something <laughs> and i was like i was like that's sweet and then yeah i'm like you know what like obviously i'm not gonna tell her this but I'm like that kind of makes me feel good i'm like uh, I'm, i don't know i'm like a little i'm like some sort of grown-up prince or something <laughs> This happens to me all the time uh, with, like, toddler boys. Yeah. I, I'm just nice to kids because yeah. I love kids. And, like, kids, all they ever want is someone to pay attention to them and listen to them about whatever it is that they're super obsessed with at the moment. So, like, toddler boys frequently immediately fall in love with me. <laughs> and I'm like, clearly I'm not going to date a yeah, toddler boy. Obviously. But it's so nice. Like, yeah. it's nice to feel like, oh, I'm someone's ideal. Yeah, no, it really is. It just feels like, it's just like a nice feeling to like, even when it's like, obviously, A, of course, like you said, not going to pursue it. B, thankful, you know, uh, don't worry, not at all attracted to uh, children. <laughs> um, yep. But like, I don't know, as long as they aren't like being too insistent and weird about it. You're just like, mm -hmm. oh, that's sweet. You know what? That is sweet. That makes me feel nice that you're uh, like this. I don't know. The same way uh, probably famous people who have, well, a lot of them end up yeah. acting poorly. So never mind. But you know, like, I get what you feel. You know, like, it's sort of like, oh, you imagine romance as uh, princes and princesses. Yeah. And that's very nice of you. Yeah, it makes me feel like very, I'm very some nice. sort of storybook prince. Because I assume that's <laughs> what your model for this is. Although I don't know yeah. what, maybe it's now it's like streamers or something, which uh -oh, yeah. real people and that can be a problem. Can you imagine House MD in the age of streamers uh, and stuff? Oh my God. Oh my God. They would totally <laughs> have one so good. where someone's like, it opens with someone being like, yeah, all right. So let's see if we can beat level seven, you know, like some generic dialogue. Yeah. Oh, come yeah, yeah, on. Yeah. All right. Can I get a GG in the chat? And then we're gonna, uh, and then they like, yes, tease, and then, like actually... all the facts are like, press F to pay respects, press F to pay respects. You have a nine one one cold open to look forward to. That is very good. I was it was it the YouTubers that cemented that guy's head in the mic? No, different that one. Was incredible. Oh yes, there's another one. Right. <laughs> um, God, I'm so excited. Uh, before I do my rating, I actually did want to uh, say something else about just the ending. Uh, one of the other times I thought they were too hard on the parents based on very little is when House was like, their, their kid survived. They should be happier now. They must have wanted him to die. And I like, as someone who's also definitely on the spectrum, I was like, you know, some people aren't good at expressing emotion. Yeah. And I think you should have learned that by now. <laughs> It is a little, I do think, so yeah, that's messed up. It is a little sweet that sets up the line of when they see uh, the kid having this connection with House, which I think it's, they clearly know that like, this isn't just going to cure his autism, but they, I think, see that he's capable of making this kind of connection with a, you know, a kindly stranger, well, not an, an asshole stranger, but whatever, <laughs> yeah. with a caring stranger. And then I do like that. Wilson's like that looked like a ten or whatever. The smile they see when they uh, see him interacting. I thought that moment at least was a little sweet. But um, 
Yeah, I'll give this yeah. a three point five. I'm gonna knock off a point for um continuing to uh house is having fun in a mostly innocent way, but I just feel like because of the time it comes out, it just it doesn't feel I they could have done a much better job. I think if there was more stuff of him goofing around with her, like even more yeah. so, like the way he does in the office, where if he was just like, you know, oh, meet me by the window of whatever and like makes up like stuff to like it turns yeah. out like oh that's Cuddy's office window or something like it feels and like they like could have done meester is so good at that kind of back and forth yeah. stuff like she should be cast in a screw if screwball comedies were still real yes. she would have been oh, in them be so good uh, i also yeah. think because she of the times her outfits are bad that's the real issue is that mm. this also is very true the time in history where you should be least attractive to teen girls because they all are dressed like that Oh, we are just like clowns. Uh, <laughs> it's terrible. Spoiler alert for next episode. We are uh going to get one of the least drip the most dripless, can I say the most <laughs> dripless characters ever. Man looks like he is wearing his toddler suit that he got shrunk into. <laughs> we'll get to that though. Yeah. Can't wait. Yeah. Um, um so I think I'm going to give this one a 3.5 uh Definitely a four on the scale of procedurals in general, but since House brings it so often, I'm going to say this one is like a little above the average. Yeah. For for my first House, it convinced me to watch more House. So there you go. There's well, that. we'd love to have you back yeah. at some point if you'd be up for it. Oh, I'd love to come back. I love talking about television and anything related to television, clearly. Awesome. Um, well, yeah. Thank you so much for doing the show. Thank and you. uh like I said, hope we'll have you back. Um, time for plugs or anything you want to plug? Oh, uh, I, I'm i doing a bunch of stuff all of the time. I just reviewed Final Fantasy 16, and uh, depending on what you think about Final Fantasy 16, you'll either like or not like my review. Uh, <laughs> and I'm continuing to blog everywhere. I am have a locked, now locked Twitter account at XOXO Gossip Gita. I'm a blue sky XOXO Gossip Gita. Uh, I'm on Tumblr. It's Gita time. And uh, I'm straight chilling. And I uh, no longer have a job. So I no longer know where to tell people to write my shit, like uh, read my shit when I write it. But I, I'm i doing it. I'm out here. I'm, I'm watching a mediocre television and playing mediocre video games and having opinions about them. Nice. Yeah. As you just uh, got to hear for the last uh, hour. <laughs> In 40 minutes or so. I wish this was like a real job, you know? Like, I'd love to do this all day this long. This is why I've been trying to figure out what Patreon goal would get people excited. I toss one out every couple. So someone someone tell me. Come on. Don't make me do all the work. Let me know. What do you? We'll, we'll make you pay the big bucks. Because so far it's all been, I realize way too many of the things I've offered from watching the Brian Singer documentary to spinoff podcast. House of House of Cards uh, involved <laughs> bringing uh, people who do bad things even more into the fold of discussion. So that's probably not the way to go. I'll need to rethink this. <laughs> Usually what you need for, for people to, to get, like, want to give to the Patreon goal is to, like, submit yourself to an obscure emotional and physical punishment. Mm. You know, like a like a Mario Party game where you play all 50 rounds, yeah, oh, you know, I something will. like yeah. that. All yeah. right, what about you know, it's, it's Miller time? All the films of Ezra Miller. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, I keep doing it. 
I support non-binary rights okay. and I also support non-binary wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's good right, that they... Can... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, it's good that even with all the, like, horrible Steven Crowders and Matt Walsh, the bad Matt Walsh and all those guys, that, like, from what I've seen... I'm pleasantly surprised that none of them seized on to be like, wow, you notice when uh, Ezra Miller still had a gender, they didn't do any of this stuff <laughs> or whatever. And now it seems like, uh, you know, it seems like um, being non-binary makes you become uh, a problem. Um, it's, they, they are so transphobic that they don't even register this problem as being problematic because they assume that they're a man. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's it. They, like, actually, like, they, trans- they think they're a man, so they have to actually defend what he's doing. Yeah, like, exactly. well, you know, yeah. uh, actually, historically, men have uh, developed uh, powerful sex cults and whatever. That's just traditional role models. Yeah, that's just masculinity, yeah. obviously. So, uh, checkmate, Ezra Miller. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, you can follow me on Twitter at Lenny Burnham, and you can look up my other podcast, Chapter Surfing, where we talk about TV shows based on books. Um, my my roommate is very attracted to Murray Bartlett, so our next two episodes are going to be uh, Welcome to Chippendales and then Tales of the City, so you have that to look forward to nice. if you like hearing Wild. people talk about how handsome Murray Bartlett is a lot. Yes, he's also a real comedian. Chameleon. Yeah. I mean, he's also a comedian, <laughs> but like a chameleon. Like you, uh, you just, I did not recognize him at first in Welcome to Chippendales. Like, I legit yeah. was like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> um, but yeah, check that out. Uh, I'm at Andrew Taven on Twitter, A-N-D-R-E-W-T-A-V-I-N, andrewtaven.com for wherever I'm doing shows and other stuff. Um, you can always listen to Sound Snacks, the audio sketch show I did with Casey Turgeson, friend of the show, uh, that has a Z at the end. So Sound Snacks, but with a Z at the end. And yeah. Um, yeah, well, thank you. Uh, uh, we'll have you on again. And from all of us here at the House of House, have yourself a very pleasant evening.